grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 128. We're climbing. We're climbing. And before we get going, I got to tell you guys, we have a new phone number. Because apparently the old one, if you have listened, we just <laughs> oh, yeah. really could not remember. And now we have a new one. So you are able to text us or call. Actually, well, don't call us yet. Wait, we'll, we'll figure it out. Can we tell them why we have a new one? It expired. You, yeah. <laughs> it expired. You love to expose us and all our all our flaws. It expired. So we realized we're like, you know, we were getting texts and stuff, and then we're like, huh, I wonder why we haven't. I think we found out it expired in like what uh, September. A, oh, I didn't see a date. But regardless, we had a really hard time remembering it for whatever reason. And we do like to hear from you guys and engage with you guys, and so. I'm going to start out with that. If you have <laughs> questions, comments, feedback, any anything, review, uh, topic ideas you'd like to hear more on, whatever, text us at 513-449-1798. 513-449-1798. Interact with us. We are quick to answer. We'll let you know if it's Chris or Jonna because, you know, it might be relevant to one of us. So. Yes. Oh, man, that's funny. What's that funny. number? <clears throat> that is uh, 513-449-1798. All right. We're going to remember this one. Mm-hmm. All right, babe. What are we talking about today? I just think it's funny that we uh, that our number expired. and uh, It's so funny. Here we are. And now we... Uh, actually, I thought about going through all the show notes and changing the number, but that would be way, that way, way. That sounds so tedious. I know, but the people who are listening to the episode new are going to go through and keep texting that number or try to get a hold of us and then it's going to be like somebody from well i guess it would still be probably cincinnati or 513 ish right because what was the other number do you do you remember it i don't remember it no that's (laughs) the whole point i know (laughs) i know okay good i feel like i have some in my throat hang on are you serious? Yeah, that was a little extreme, wasn't it? That was so obnoxious. I'm telling you. That's a of, feral trait, by the way. Chris we need is, one of those buttons. I'm going to expose your family. Okay. Chris's dad and his grandma make that exact throat clearing noise <laughs> constantly. We're going to get people texting oh us goodness. like, that's an actual problem. But they do. They do. I remember we stayed in a hotel with your grandma when we just first started talking a whole different story. Mm-hmm. And she was just doing that constantly. I'm like, oh my gosh, get a drink of water. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. Okay. My grandma used to live in the basement at our house when when we were when we were growing up. And uh, for a short period of time, and I just remember in the middle of the night, like 11, yes. 11 12, I was just here. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> He's got some problems. And your dad does it all day long. Maybe it's because we don't drink enough water. Could be it. Water. I think they're ready to hear what we what we're talking about. All right. If you clipped clipped if you clicked on this episode, you saw the title. Help. My marriage is boring. Oh. Dun dun dun. Oh, do, do we have a button like that? Hang Try on. it. <laughs> so sad. It is sad. It is sad. It's sad. I mean. One of the worst things you can be, especially if you're a child in this day and age, is bored. 
better preach. So who wants a boring marriage? I don't want a boring marriage. Our boring our marriage is not boring now, but it has been boring before and Yeah, it definitely we're gonna has expose been. ourselves a little bit because it's not the best time in our lives and I don't really like talking about it, but Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yep, to expose our mishaps for potentially your growth. Right. Okay, so yeah. If I'm looking back to when we first were married, you know, there were some good things, there were some exciting things. But for the most part, if you wrap this thing up and you're just like, hey, was your marriage boring or was your marriage not? <clears throat> I got to say, it was probably boring. And here's, here's, here's why. So we both had our respective jobs. You, were, you had a cool job. You you worked in professional baseball, so she worked for the Cincinnati Reds, and it, it'd be cool. I'd get to go to the home games and all that stuff. We lived downtown. You totally rode on my uh, oh was it, rode on, on your the cur- coattail coattail coattail. Is it curtail or coattail? Coattail, I think. Nah, we'll have to Google that. Curtail. What God is a curtail anyway? Google curtail. Cur- yeah. What is a curtail? I feel like I wanna. You guys need to know this right now because you're with us. You're probably yelling curtail. At the speaker, you're like, it's coattail, stupid. Curtail, oh. to ride on someone's coattail yeah, means to become successful by attaching yourself to another's success. A person who rides someone's coattail is usually considered unable to attain <laughs> success on his yep, own. Yep, you were riding my coattail. <laughs> wow. I was the breadwinner back then. My, how times have changed. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am totally your dependent, and I coat-tail. do not care. Coattail. Okay, anyway, so point is, we had our respective jobs. You had a cool job. I was riding your coattail, going to Reds games. We lived downtown Cincinnati. We could see the corner of the Red Stadium from our apartment. So you, one would think that life was pretty awesome, right? Like pretty, pre- pretty great. But the truth is, our routine was very like: John wakes up in the morning, gets ready for work. She leaves. Chris leaves for work. I go to my job. She goes to her job. We don't really talk much during the day. We come home and. John cooks dinner, hands Chris a plate. Chris watches sports. Chris watches the Cavs game. Also, we lived in a 425-square-foot apartment downtown. Very small, yes. And so we didn't have a regular dining yeah. table. We had yeah. a, just a cute little bar top. Mm-hmm. So like that really stopped us from actually eating our meals together. I mean, sometimes we would that eat does, on the floor. That does stifle connection when you don't have a place to yeah, spend together and intentionality so we really ate in front of the tv like old people I'm yeah we didn't have a little tv yeah and tv and yeah stands. so looking back we had this tiny little ikea couch and then we had our tv on the wall and i i just remember i'd still be in my training clothes you'd hand me a plate of dinner which god bless you and we would both sit on the couch and you'd just kind of like scroll your phone or social media or something right and i would watch the Cavs game and then i'd get Highly emotional at who won the game. Oh, you used to be the <laughs> which, worst with sports. Which, yeah, which I think made you feel a little frustrated because I had no control. I wasn't the one dribbling the ball or practicing or. Yes, I actually didn't know if you knew you weren't on the team. Yeah, so. Like they cannot hear you. Yeah, so I was highly addicted to sports. She was scrolling social media, uh, looking for her hit of dopamine, and we were just kind of eating, and then, you know, just. Okay, wrap up the night, 
game's over. It depends on if they want or not, if I'm listening to her. Maybe when the game's over, I'm scrolling my phone. She's trying to tell me something. But, yeah, we just weren't really connecting. And we I would didn't say... Really have, yeah, we didn't really have anything we were doing together. We worked out together occasionally because you, you worked right there at the gym. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was kind of what our thing was. But I remember even telling my boss... My boss was highly emotional about the team, about the Reds winning. And I remember telling him, I'm like, Ugh, between you and Chris, when the Reds lose, I don't even want to go home. You guys right. are so obnoxious. <laughs> right. I maybe didn't tell me he was obnoxious, but I said that I didn't want to deal with you when any of the sports teams lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we lived downtown. It was so cool. Looking back, like right now, if Chris and I lived downtown, we would have so much fun. We'd but go back to dinner then, every night. Right. But back then, Chris was so cheap. So, so cheap. cheap. We did not do anything. I mean, I can remember a couple times we'd maybe walk down to the park and throw a frisbee or something. But for the most part, I can recall I would rather do things with friends mm-hmm. or my sister or somebody than Chris. I did not even care to do stuff with you back then because it was boring. Yeah, and 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 my chill time would be video games. Like I would, mm-hmm. I would kind of step away from the world of marriage and work and all that stuff and just jump into the video game world and yeah just looking back live separately but together right we had separate lives but we you know we were together i mean we loved each other and stuff it's not like we were angry with each other we weren't fighting or anything we just were like it was boring that's the only word to describe it exactly it was it was boring and i think i think the other thing is that we easily could have made it look like we weren't bored. Oh, yeah. So social media-wise, just take a picture of the stadium headed to the game again for the 40th time this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you taking your selfies with all your people at work, like at Professional Baseball Stadium. You, oh, I got to do some yeah, really cool things. You're like eating lunch, sitting out on... Um, <laughs> out in the ballpark. Yeah, out in the ballpark. Going to While the grounds cruised, with... prepping the field. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all these cool events we go to, all this stuff. But meanwhile... The in-between times of being at the event, taking a cool picture with each other and stuff like that was like, you know, scrolling our phones, not really paying attention to each other. Um, yeah, I mean, we're having sex and everything, but it's not like it's not like I was pursuing you or you were pursuing me. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, this, this is what we do. Yeah, newlyweds, but... Newlyweds will have sex, but not... Yeah, and... I don't think I really ever surprised you like, hey, let's go to dinner tonight or let's do something cool, you know? So there are a lot of regrets with how we were living. But Well, yeah. we also didn't have, just thinking about just our intimate life in general, we also didn't have a lot of guidance or mentorship of a couple, a married couple, especially a Christian married couple who could kind of lead the way for us and talk to us about these hard things like, hey, marriage is hard but why why is it hard and that's part i mean this is a whole separate topic but that's part of it is i don't think the church does a really great job about talking about intimate life for the christian couple especially if you're bringing sexual baggage into your marriage and if you had sex outside of marriage or any kind of addiction you know like Mm -hmm. pornography outside of marriage then whether you like it or not you're bringing baggage into your marriage bedroom and if you're not, if you don't have a couple ahead of you to kind of mentor you through that, or if your church isn't talking about it, or if you're just not, you know, not a Christian at all, you don't really know how to navigate those new years of yeah. anything. But the intimate part is such a big piece. So yeah, that's just 
a little, as Aaron yeah. would say, off the rug moment. But yes, yes, our pastor does that. Yes. So before we get to this big idea of why we believe that marriage was boring for us, um, what are some things that resulted from this bored marriage? Mm-hmm. I know you're not excited to talk about this stuff, but these I'm are true not. realities. And we, we've mentioned it before early on in our episodes. Yeah, I'm not super excited to talk about this, but it is the truth. And so one important um, one thing that can come from a bored marriage, and you see this all over, just type in bored marriage or type in roommate phase or even just look up reasons why people get divorced and you will see infidelity as a huge cause of that because boredom opens up your marriage to the possibility of infidelity because your husband isn't taking interest in you or your wife is no longer taking interest in you or you feel like you know everything about each other. So like there's, you know, think about in the very beginning of your relationship and your dating relationship, you're texting all the time or you're talking on the phone all the time and it's exciting because you're learning new things about each other and you're asking each other questions and, and you know, it, it feels you know, it feels good when somebody takes interest in you. And after you get married, even if you're in the newlywed stage, you probably knew each other for a decent amount of time before getting married. And so that kind of, you know, that part of the spark of the relationship is no longer there. So if you're not stoking the fire of your of your marriage, then you're opening yourself up for that because now, let, let me, now that I teed that up, okay, let me just, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Cut to the chase. No, let me just preface it by saying I did not cheat. And Chris, we've never right, had right. adultery in yeah. our marriage. But I see now how quickly it could have turned to that if we did not. I mean, if it, I think. You had an inappropriate social relationship. A social relationship, yes. So back to this boring time in our marriage. Chris is not really taking any kind of interest in me back to our expectations episode marriage was not what I expected I literally expected that we were going to get married and things were gonna be so dreamy and Chris was gonna you know profess his love for me all the time and do nice things and 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 it just it it wasn't that and so here I am so Chris is a personal trainer you know working in a gym with corporate people all day and then I'm over here working in professional sports with you know what is what is that industry dominated by men and you know, I'm dominated I, by women. You're just dominated by men. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there, yeah, there was a guy in a higher up position. So here's the thing too. I knew that I had to work my way into this job. Like I, I, I interned in multiple different or not multiple different departments, but I volunteered in different departments. I interned, I worked really hard to get my foot in the door. So I knew I had to schmooze different people and get to know different people. And I knew Obviously, the more execs in the company who liked me, like the better likelihood I would have of moving around because the position I was in, I liked, but I wanted to move up in my mind at that time. We didn't have kids or anything. And so here there was a, I had to do some work for a guy in the, in the company who was an exec. He was an upper, upper, um. I don't upper know. echelon employee yes yeah like he he was upper he he rubbed elbows with the with the main dude all the time so he i had to do some work for him and he you know started just we had a messenger chat thing and he would ask me questions and then you know he'd start like joking with me and stuff i was like oh like this guy thinks i'm cool i bet you i could really get my foot in the door with him and so 
what what became you know what started as just a casual work conversation turned into regular conversation and messaging each other often and uh you know it was really cold a few times and he dropped me off at the apartment and I remember feeling really awkward about that because I'm like this this doesn't feel right I, I shouldn't be alone in his car even though there was never the conversation never crossed any kind of inappropriateness but it just was the amount that we were chatting and frequency yeah the the Yes, and like, you know, he'd be like, hey, I'm working on this project. Do you want to come see it? And so we'd walk through the ballpark to go see the project. But again, in my mind, it started out as I'm trying to work my way into another position. And mm-hmm. so this is good. I This is looks good for me, but it didn't look good for me. One, it looked bad because people started noticing, hey, they seem to talk a lot. Like, they seem to have like a good jokey personality, and that's probably not super appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Again, Chris wasn't really chatting with me, so here's this guy that's like asking me questions and and telling me funny things and making me laugh and I caught myself wanting to talk to him. And he was established financially, had kids, yeah. had a wife, um, which I think at that time his wife was in like a very similar stage to what you're in with very young kids. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure there I, wasn't as much attention at home for him. Well, he did start to. Yeah, he just like the perfect he did complain recipe about her a little bit mm-hmm. and say start saying some things. And I knew, though, I did know he was bored in his marriage. Yes, I did know. Wow. Full circle. <laughs> I didn't realize that because I yeah. did know that, you know, it's not good to. At that time, I even knew that it's not good to talk negatively about your spouse or other people, especially another guy. So I, I do remember being careful not to say anything bad about Chris and, and whatever. But again, it's still, I see how quickly an affair can spiral if you are not protecting your marriage and if you are not um, open about it. So just one more little point to that. I can remember where I realized I had crossed a line. Well, there's two different times, but I can remember coming home and Chris is watching sports and I'm bored and I'm like, this is dumb. And I can remember downloading the work messenger app on my computer so I could message him something at home. I don't even know what it was. Again, the conversation never passed anything, you know, that there was never any sexual conversation or anything like that. But that was like, I can remember feeling like I needed to hide that I was talking to mm-hmm. him next to you. Never a good sign. Right. Yes. If you feel like you need to hide something or you can't talk about somebody, then you know you've crossed a line. And so all of that to say mm-hmm. that probably, and this isn't Chris's fault. This is both of our fault. It takes two in a marriage. I don't think I would have even crossed any of those lines if I had that chemistry still in our marriage and you know if i felt secure in our marriage well hang on so i think that you know we we always relate to look the man's the leader the man is the one who uh sets the temperature in the house and ultimately when i look back on our marriage i do take responsibility for the way it was it was my job to pursue you to flirt with you to surprise you to keep things interesting um to really push into this big idea that we're about to talk about and and the reason why one of the major reasons why the overarching theme is boom this is it this is why people are bored in marriage uh 
that was my job. And so I do look back and I'm like, hmm, I could have sacrificed things on my end to show you more interest and you wouldn't have even entertained anything or anyone else. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I did not doesn't give you a right to do that, but it does make it much easier. So... Well, yeah, I was yeah, just going to say, to be fair, I was head over heels for you still. I can't like, I mean, No, seriously. I think, you, I think when you hear about these kinds of conversations or these kinds of scenarios, you think that, you know, the spouse is just like eh, not attracted or not, not into their spouse or whatever. I was so into you at this time. I was so in love with you. I was so, so it just shows how important pursuing <laughs> your spouse and your marriage is because, again, I, I was... I don't want to say obsessed. I definitely wasn't obsessed, but there was no part of me that ever would have thought that I would be the one to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I see how fast it could have turned into an affair had we not. I I mean, I think it was God's protection over our marriage because that could have destroyed us. Um, Because, you know, work parties and you're out drinking and like we even had events. We even had one big event that was a golf event that you stay at a hotel with all your coworkers. You know what I mean? Like if we had not recognize what was going on regardless of the fact that i think that i would never have done that yeah you don't know yeah that's true you know when there's alcohol involved when there's you know you're separating yourself from home life and you're attending something like that and you've already you know somewhat kind of crossed the line you're like okay cool like you know oh just a little further a little further and then well and then just throw in a layer of resentment in there and then you you know any spouse would True. No, super true. Super true. So that's vulnerable, but that's real. Okay. So, so boredom, one of the major reasons as we do our research here, like, okay, why do people divorce? Why, why do people fall apart? It's boredom and boredom does typically lead to like, Ooh, what else is out there for me? Right. Which in turn is the sin of selfishness Mm -hmm. because you're just like, well, it's about me and my needs. And, and what did we say in previous episodes? We said like, the last selfish decision you should be making is who you're going to marry. <laughs> and then once you put the ring on the finger and you guys are one under God, that's it. Like right. you are one and these decisions have to be collective and cannot be just about you. So saying all of that to say like, yes, we've experienced this. We have lived this and the, the big idea here as to why we believe that people fall into bored marriages is you're not playing big enough. You're not being aggressive enough with your decisions. And ultimately for the Christian, like the will of God is to, is to know God, to be known by him and to make him known, right? So we... I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but I've said it to multiple people. I remember there was this Francis Chan illustration, and he brought this big rope on the stage, and he was he was holding this big, thick rope, and he's like, "Look, he's like, if 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 eternity is this massive, you know, twenty, thirty foot rope, our life is a tiny, tiny bristle on the rope. So why are we not living for eternity?" And in light of eternity, and we're just focused on all the tiny, tiny little things within this bristle, 
but eternity is out there for all of us, right? And so ultimately, living big enough for the Christian is living God's will, know God, be known by God, to make him known. And yeah, no, I do need water, don't I? I'm just I'm <laughs> I'm about to hit the little ferret. <clears throat> okay. I was trying to do that discreetly. Yes. Okay. Well, there's nothing discreet on this podcast. I expose everything, so I'm gonna take a Here. drink of water. Clear that throat. <sighs> anyway, so so that's a big idea, guys. Now some of you will hear it and be like, Yeah, you're right. That's good. Aggressive decisions. Um, we need to play bigger, blah, blah, blah. And that's very personal growthy. But with the decisions we've made in our lives, with the decisions we've made in our lives and uh, many of the aggressive things we've done and, and playing big. Oh, no. A child is coming down the stairs. That's rough. Oh, you scared of the garbage truck, buddy? Okay, we'll, we'll address this. All right, so we're back. The baby interrupted us. Babies. Babies. It is what it is. One sitting on your lap. It's probably going to talk. It. It's probably going to talk. <laughs> it. He okay. is probably going to talk. That's the thing. It's, you know, it's some people interrupt your listening experience with an ad. Mm-hmm. We interrupt your listening experience with children waking up. Yeah. And it's like they sense it because they don't normally they wake do. up at 630. But today they're like... Here we go. They do. They do. And uh, in this new mixer we got exposes us because now we hit pause and play and pause and play and we have to explain it rather than just start over and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Anyway, so what I was saying was I was talking about, look, the big idea, guys, is we've got to make aggressive decisions and live an aggressive life. And earlier I was talking about the rope and how our life is a bristle and the rope is eternity. And I'm going to come back to that here at the end, but... For now, you heard our story of some examples of our boring marriage. John has something for you. And how, yeah, and how it almost ruined us. Dude. Can they hear that? It's so loud. <laughs> okay. It's wrapping paper. Okay. Um, so, I, I don't think this is going to come as much of a surprise to anybody, but this is very common <laughs> in... I'm sure every marriage at least has had a season of it if they're not, if you're not currently in this. And so some people gave us feedback. They liked how we did the little Reddit, Reddit thing last time. And even though I've gotten significant warning from my younger friends, my young friends that you should be really careful on Reddit. We're so old. We still don't really understand the whole thing, but I went in and I typed in board marriage and uh, there's a lot. There's a lot here. First of all, just if just to come on, kid, <laughs> just put to put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, of making the point that uh, having a board marriage can open you up to things like infidelity. There is an entire there's an entire group here in Reddit. Wait, where to go? That says in a boring marriage, but not a boring person. Join our kick group. And then the little backslash is adultery. So it's literally a group. So kick, I think, is similar to WhatsApp. Just help people get to the Reddit group adultery. Chris, <laughs> it, that, they got a whole other problem if that's what they got out of this episode. <laughs> We're not going to link that. 
Right. And we're not going <laughs> to link the group here. Actually, I didn't even go into it because once I clicked on it to see, because I want to see, you know, I'm, I'm nosy. Yeah. I want to see what people are talking about. It no, your Facebook content. algorithms are going to be like, this is your phone, you sir. Oh, shoot. I know. Um, <laughs> I don't have Facebook on my phone. So right okay. now, if I see these ads pop up on your phone, I'm like, what are you looking at? Come like, on. Oh, yeah, it was me. Singles in Cincinnati. Dude, seriously. But so Kick, I think, is like WhatsApp. And if you know anything, hopefully you don't, hopefully you're an upstanding citizen and you don't know this, but you can, it, they're like the Snapchats of apps where you can hide stuff. And I think that's where most of the cheaters go. Giving people more ideas. <laughs> I, again, if that's what they're taking from this, we have to have another talk. Please text right, us. Right. So at 4-4-5-1-3-4-4-9-17-98. better. Dang. So, okay. We're going to do what we did last time. I'm going to pick... I got two here. I'm going to let Chris pick which one we're going to read, and then we'll kind of talk it through. So one of them is, I worry we're two boring people in a boring marriage, mm-hmm. or midlife crisis, rut, or pandemic burnout. What's going on in my boring marriage? Number one. Number one. I thought you would pick number two. Was number two more juicy? I, it just had a better better hook. Okay. I, 25 female, worry we're 26 male, two boring people in a boring marriage. Obligatory, this could just be quarantine doldrums, but I really could use help here. We've been married a short while, but have been together about seven years total. Throughout our relationships, we've had ups and downs, but there's always been a core of happiness and excitement about each other. Feeling happy when the other comes home, listening to what the other has to say, etc. I feel like for both of us, it's been slipping away. I come home from work and we exchange small talk. I make dinner. He finishes up work. We eat dinner in front of a YouTube video. Sometimes we chat a little more. Then we go off to do our own things, hobbies, sometimes talk to friends online. I feel like these are the things we're most excited about, but they're totally separate from each other. Then I go to bed and a few hours later, he goes to bed. Day in, day out. Weekends aren't much better, although we do some activities together, like going to the grocery store, taking walks, cooking, etc. We have tepid sex a couple times a month, but important. What's tepid I sex? I have no idea. Tepid. Should I Google? Well, I shouldn't Google. No, do tepid not Google sex. It. But just what's tepid mean? Uh, we have tepid sex a couple times a month, but more importantly, slightly warm, lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> so right. we have. Oh, oh wait, no. Basically, boring sex. Showing lit- little enthusiasm. Boring sex. The applause was tepid. <laughs> country of origin please (laughs) we okay so basically we have boring sex a couple times a month a couple times a month but more importantly i feel like i'm every other week doing good well does that sound good to you chris fine no but more importantly i feel like i'm not as excited by him anymore not as interested in what he has to say just completely bored with the status quo and i think he feels pretty similarly i'm hoping it's just the quarantine this was like a year or two ago, but I'm worried it's more. We've never been super duper sexual, but this feels low. We've never had tons of hobbies in common, but it used to be easier to carry on a conversation. feels like we're roommates in the same house. What can we do to have fun in our relationship again, to enjoy each other's company the way we used to? Mm. So there's other people giving some advice. I want to hear what you have to say before I start reading through some of their advice. I mean, it sounds pretty familiar. Yeah, of course. In in a lot of ways. Um, let's see. So I have signs of <laughs> signs you're inviting boredom into your marriage. I have right. those written down already. And I would say this ticks off a lot of them because one, this is so obvious, but you're bored. You feel bored. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Two, you're constantly in different rooms or different routines, like going to bed at different times. Mm-hmm. This Reddit 
user says. She goes to bed, then her husband goes to bed a few hours later, and they do the same thing every single night. Three, you're not having regular sex. They sound mm-hmm. like they're not having, and then when they do, it's tepid. I should mm-hmm. write that down. Is that the word of the day? Tepid. It's the word of the day. Uh, I'll just keep going through this since I'm known as four. Your conversations only surround the day to day and you don't really dream together. I think they kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at when our marriage was boring, we're hitting all of these things. Yes. Um, and number five, you're distracted when you're together, such as scrolling or eating alongside each other. They said that they're eating dinner and watching YouTube videos. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm thinking is every time we go to a, a restaurant mm-hmm. and a couple walks in, I don't care what age they are. You can, you can pretty much get an idea of like, do they have a good sex life? Are they, are they doing, you know, aggressive things in their life? Are they communicating well? Uh, sometimes you can even tell if people are Christians, I think, just by their demeanor, the way they... So judgy, Chris. The, the way they handle the server, the way they interact with each other, all that stuff. But every once in a while... Not once in a while. Almost every time we go out to eat. There is that young couple that's probably like eh, late 20s, early 30s, right? You can tell they don't have kids yet. And it's almost like I can know their lives just by the way they're interacting at the restaurant. They sit down. They're very quiet. They don't say anything to each other. The first thing they do is reach in their their pockets, whip out their phones. And they're just scrolling their social media. So they're somewhere else and not present in the moment where they are. Also, you'll hear little comments, but no eye contact, right? And I always notice, I always notice that sometimes when they start to get into a little bit of a conversation, it turns into a little bit of a fight too. So they start just bickering about like these these little things and I'm present in our conversation, but it is interesting to kind of like eavesdrop into other people's conversations and realize that, I don't know, there's just, it, it's very tepid. <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> about the couple that was next to us at Texas Roadhouse the other night? Recently, yes, there was yes. one. Couldn't you tell like there was yes. a, a little bit of bickering happening? They were, yes. They weren't making eye contact. They were scrolling their phones. Yes. and And then they eat and they have one phone in their hand. Yeah. And they're just scrolling, and I'm like, "What is?" And when the they did point? talk, it was very snarky and kind of just yeah, like huffy. What, what's the point? Which so so let's let's check a box. Are they? Um, are they? Do they have a good sex life? You know what I mean? Like, I would assume chances not. are not probably not right because sex does breed like a, a really really good connection. You know what I mean? So if you're just like bored and unresponsive with your spouse you probably you probably aren't having frequent sex and you're probably or at least not, it's probably not intimate yeah it's probably not anything special right um and then yeah like do you think do you think there's sacrifice in that marriage where where the husband is making sure again the responsibility falls on the husband i always believe the husband is making sure that there's not disinterest and boredom in the marriage because he's being proactive and making moves and not being reactive mm-hmm. i think there are a lot of things that we could check off so not in a self-righteous way because we have been in a similar position now i do think we right. we did try in the beginning to set boundaries like we knew we weren't going to go out to eat alone with other spouse or like we tried not to just with have other our spouse? Or other <laughs> spouse without our spouse with other sex yeah, yeah, yeah. um and you know whatever but 
I'm thinking about how we were at this at the restaurant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Very very much so just sitting almost next to the couple. Yes. You know, our phones were down. We were talking. We were talking about what we got the kids for Christmas. We were talking about I don't even know what all we talked about, but we were engaged. You know, I think the only time we looked at our phones was we were doing math. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, how much we just spent on all our children. Right. Because we got to do a little date night Christmas shopping. But yes. anyways, I think Shout that- Shout out to Allie. Right. Shout out, Allie. We know you're listening. Um, I think that if you were a fly on the wall in the restaurant or a a relationship, you probably don't even have to be a relationship excer- expert. I mm-hmm. think you could determine- something about each of our relationships oh, for sure by examining our body language for sure. the way we talk to each other the way we looked at each other you would think they had all the kids and we didn't it's true like we were like a newer yeah you would you'd couple. think they were burnt out and had five crazy screaming nutty they might. nutball kids they at home might. they looked really young nah you could tell yeah and then we were the ones that just lived the, you know, cultures like, oh, we don't want to have kids. We'll just go, mm-hmm. you know, follow our dreams and blah, 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 blah. We do get that comment a lot if we're out by ourselves. People are, first of all, people are shocked because five kids is a lot to a lot of people nowadays. But we always get the comment like, you don't seem like you have five kids. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's because, Deborah, we're out in public by ourselves right now. So we feel wonderful. We feel su- <laughs> super easy right now. Like we just got out the car. <laughs> And walked in. Exactly. Um, no, I think that's a good observation. I think to some it could sound judgy, but I, I believe we're allowed to say Let's that. Let's be because, real. We all judge. Well, and because we've <laughs> we've been there. It's not like we're coming from a place where we don't understand. And I think it's sad. I think it's sad to see. I think it's sad to see. And I think that's a big reason we're doing this podcast. Because if you listen to what the world, especially, you know, where we live, the culture is saying, they're saying, don't get married. Why would you want to be with one person for the rest of your life? That's boring. You know what I mean? Don't don't be a Christian. Why would you want to do that? That's boring. Why would you want to um, have a bunch of kids? Because that's then you can't you know live your best life mm-hmm. and do you, you pronatalists? Yes. You. <laughs> like you need to live for yourself and travel the world and do all these things. And it's like some of those things aren't bad in and of themselves. But clearly, if you look around. How happy are people right now? Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's not true. And it doesn't have to be true. Because right. I don't think, I don't know, I don't there's, know. There's a design for human flourishing. Yes. And and in most cases, not all cases, in most cases, it does include get married, reproduce, follow God. Mm-hmm. I mean. Some people can't have children and aren't supposed to have children. Some people aren't supposed to be married. Right. Those are biblical things, right? But at the end of the day, human flourishing and the formula based on data, people, being fulfilled really does meet those criteria. Well, and for all, I mean, all of civilization for all of time has required a man and a woman to come together to produce and then form families <laughs> to thrive. So this is cancelable content, you know, but we'll say it anyway. I, I mean, it's, it's true. It's it just true. How did you get here? You have a mom and a dad biologically. Exactly. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I think you, I think that's a good point. I think that tell me you're conservative without telling me you're conservative. Right. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I think they hit all those. I mean, obviously, we don't know what their sex life is like, but we clearly see that their conversations, that it didn't seem like they were dreaming together. They were bickering. Uh, they Pro- were distracted while they were together. Probably some addiction. Probably. Well, clearly, they have a, a addiction to getting a yeah. dopamine hit from somewhere yeah. other than their spouse. Probably that. Probably pornography. Um, it's just prevalent, right? Probably a lot of things that are distracting them from the design of marriage mm-hmm. and finding uh finding you know joy and and fulfillment in learning more about each other mm-hmm. not that that's like the one thing that our hope is in but right. we're but it is god we're supposed and then to be spouse so yeah yeah we're supposed to interact and and be together um so so do you have some well back to the reddit people oh okay so you're gonna read another one of those well no we didn't answer what's going on with this person who mm. said their last question was basically, what can we do to have fun in a relationship and enjoy each other's company like we used to? I feel like the answer becomes the same answer it was for us. So let's take our boring marriage and our unintentionality and let's take our big idea of living an aggressive life. And now let's fast forward 10 years and say, okay, we've been married almost a decade. We have more stress in our lives. We have... We have, um, you know, a lot, a lot more things have happened uh, that could derail a marriage since uh, since we were younger. And what are some of the things that we feel like God's impressed upon us in terms of aggressive decisions that we've done that now we can look back and say, well, here's our current life and here's why we don't feel bored. And I think that answers the question for them, too. Okay, well. So basically, you want to go into the things that we've done to not be bored. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, mean, here here's some examples of yeah. aggressive decisions we've made. Well, first of all, we, from the time we've been married, we have just let kids happen. We have. We've not really focused on preventing or planning for, or, you know, I know some people have a very set idea of, here's the age I would like to get pregnant. Here's the month I would like to get pregnant. Here's how many kids I'd like to have, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course we're like, oh yeah, we want kids and stuff, but we never really planned it. We've kind of just always been like, okay, God. And to that point, when I was a personal trainer, I worked with a lot of very affluent people and I always thought like, oh, you just have to have enough money to have a bunch of kids. Right. And they always told me like, you never feel ready. You never feel relationally ready. You never feel financially ready. You never feel ready. So here they come, regardless. I can remember our conversation downtown at First Watch. And I was like, maybe we should start trying because sometimes it takes people a while. And you're like, I don't know if we're ready. And and then we both kind of like, we're just going to, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. And it's happened a few times. Sure has. So that's one way. And then efficient, babe. This dude doesn't miss. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, it was a TikTok. I'm sorry. I speak a lot in memes and TikToks. Yeah, get um, off TikTok, dude. You're right, but I do learn a lot on there because mm. my for you page is very curated for the things I want to learn about. Yeah. I'm not watching dumb or inappropriate things. All the all the 20 year old hussies who are telling you how to yeah. how to be happy, how to live. You know, that tell me that I'm a chuggy. You're a chuggy, and you and you. I'm 34. And you're. What, mid-sized at 4'11"? And you don't got to call me out like that. that. You're tiny, dude. Well, that's just the internet. And growing up in the era of Britney Spears and Paris Hilton and all them, I mean, mm-hmm. that's always been whatever. Anyway. Anyways, 
so having kids obviously and but like not just having kids keeps us from being bored but having them in god's timing and allowing him to choose that um coaching programs and tools that's something that we do that i don't know a lot of people that do that have helped us to grow in different areas or connect or just keep things from being stale as in like parenting coaching personal growth coaching podcast coaching Mm -hmm. you know i mean you've done a lot of business coaching tools books that kind of stuff yeah and and the most powerful part of investing in coaching is the fact that you you don't have guaranteed success and at the end of the day you're putting your money you're taking a resource your your hard-earned money and you're like oh i i i want to learn a skill and so money commands attention right so if you're paying a bunch of money for something it commands your attention and so it does does help you live a little more aggressively. That's right. You can and, hear a bunch of boys in the And background. again, it just, you know. Mom, I want to You want to what? I want to You want to pray? Yeah. Okay. You want to pray? Go ahead. What do you want to say? I want to see that one. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that one. The microphone? Yeah. Oh, no. You can't podcast with us. But you can say hi. Say hi to the mic. Hi, Mike. <laughs> hi, Mike. <laughs> hi, Mike. Anything else you got to say before we put you down? Yeah. What is that? Yeah, what is that? A microphone. Oh, I like microphones. You like microphones? That's good. Okay, yeah. buddy. Hey, say have a good day. Have a good day. Okay, go watch Little Rascals so we can podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what were you saying? Did you hear what I said? No. Yes, putting money into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you're making a decision. You're taking your hard-earned money, your resources, and you're like, ah, okay, I want to learn this skill. I want to get better at this. And parting with my money is going to command my attention. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like, we're all on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I I did a family leadership program recently, and it was an investment. Let me That's what I'm saying. Most of these things are not cheap, so it's it a was, risk. It's it, an investment. And, and it should scare you. Mm-hmm. It should scare you. It should. It should make you uncomfortable. Growth is a place we've never been, right? And so it should make you uncomfortable, but it does command attention, and it does make you very intentional. And so, yes, I'm a firm believer in coaching programs from family leadership programs down to, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday. He's like, hey, man, I I know you've done business and you're in sales and stuff. He's like, I really want to increase my sales for this furniture business I'm doing on Marketplace. Like, here are my stats, and we went through his insights and and his clicks and all that stuff. And I was like, dude, go find somebody who's doing a really good job and pay him a lot of money to teach you how to do a really mm-hmm. good job. And I, no one wants to hear that, but I motivated him to go do that. And now he's pursuing that awesome. because sometimes you just need a little screw turned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you're all, you're really good at that too. It's just like bringing out, turn, saying one little thing that turns that. In the That's because I charge people a lot of money to coach with me back That's when I right. had my own business. <laughs> That's right. But okay. I also paid a lot of money to... Right gain those skills so i paid a lot of money to gain the skills and then i turned around and i told people hey you have to pay me a lot of money to gain these skills and people were like oh this is this is really hard but again it commanded attention from fitness to family leadership to a skill you want to learn whatever i i'm I'm a firm believer that you should do your research and really move into like hey 
Do I want to learn new skills? Let me find the people who are good at this stuff and pay them. Okay, so we covered a lot of children. We covered coaching programs and tools. Um, and what else you got? Well, I was going to say something that we've done that keeps things going and, and helps us to grow is when we do sprints of something. So if you want to elaborate on some of the yeah, sprints we've done you while did, I change a dirty diaper. Yeah, okay. So you did you did 100 straight days of fitness, which was one of our recent episodes, probably within the last 10 episodes. And uh, yeah, you've done an amazing job with that. And recently we did an elimination diet, which was aggressive and good good for me and Jana. We were just like, okay, cool. We're cutting gluten and sugar and you you cut everything down to like tree nuts and all that stuff. Uh, cut grains, all that. And that was really, really helpful and, you know, definitely something that brings a little bit of newness and novelty to your life at that time and, and you're motivated by. So, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm not a believer in like short-term diets and things like that, but I am a believer in trying things and seeing how it fits into your life and then moving that into, oh, hey, this is a strategy for me. If I feel like this and I want this result, then this is what I have to do. That's what I taught when I was in fitness. I would be like, hey, my program is called Final Trans... Come on, Lucan. My program is called Final Transformation Academy for a reason. I'm going to teach you all the things you need to know so when you feel like crap and you want to feel way, way, way better, these are the things. You check these boxes and you'll be good. Uh, so there's that. Something else we have done is started a business, right? I... I left my fitness job. We didn't have the money to bring John home from work, but we prayed about it. I'm like, okay, God, like, you know what? All right, this is an aggressive decision. It doesn't fiscally make much sense, but we're going to bring John home. And at that time, I was making less money than her. And then a year later, I replaced her income with just my income. And we were making more money and we were making ends meet. And then... From that, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but so if that wasn't aggressive enough, we, I'm, I'm working for a health system and doing personal training and I become one of the top grossing trainers there and build my book of business. And one of my clients came to me and they were like, Hey, would you be interested in doing a corporate deal, taking on some corporate people? I was like, Oh cool. What does that look like? And she's like, well, you know, you, um, I, figured out, okay, cool, I'll go rent another space outside of my training and bring these people on because it looks like I can make more money than what my rent is. And so I did that. I started that program and then the top people at that company bring me into a boardroom one day and they're like, hey, do you have a corporate deal with this client? I said, yes. And they're like, well, give us a corporate deal or we're going to let you go. And I was like, what? And they slid a paper across the table to me and they're like, you have one day to decide. And I was like, holy crap. So I came home that night and I talked to you and I was like, babe, like, should I start a business? Like, is this, is this enough to just start a business? And it was a super aggressive decision. We had just gotten on our feet and we decided in one night that we were going to go start a business. And God made a way for that. Let me tell you from me finding a place that was very low rent at the top of a church to start my studio with no signage 
Referrals flooded in. It was, I think we had 40 clients in the first 30 days. It w- yeah, and it was this was a small church too. This wasn't like a crossroads where there was a lot yeah. of a lot to choose from. It was a very yeah. small church. And, and I then, gave up my steady paycheck to do that. Yeah, and then, you know, just God bless us with different resources like the connections I had made working where I worked. We had mm-hmm. some guys that came in and helped you, you know, fashion oh, yeah. some stuff. Yeah, and yeah. It was pretty wild. There's so many things we can say like that, but I think that's a good point that there's a common thing here. So if, as I read through these Reddit responses and the advice people are giving, it's very, you know, oh, do something fun together, have a hobby together, do mm-hmm. this to spice up your sex life, and all those things are fine, yes. But at the end of the day, are those little changes going to drastically improve or change your marriage? Probably not because they're temporary and your whole focus is is to just, you know, I want to be happy. I don't want to be bored. Yeah. The commonality with the things that we've done and that have improved our marriage and made it not boring is we trusted God with these results. None of these decisions have been made without saying, hey, Lord, our guest is on the table. And that's been mm-hmm. truthfully one of the scariest prayers we've ever said because every time we both feel the nudge to pray that prayer, God drops something pretty big on us. But I mean, that's, yeah. that's the common that's, denominator there. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the common denominator. So if you're like, okay, I hear these aggressive decisions, guys, right? Uh, how, mm-hmm. how, right? That's exactly it. It's, it's literally submitting ourselves and like, God, like, look, we're, we're living for eternity. And we know you call us to live an aggressive life for you. And you don't want us to just be comfortable, right? There, like scripture talks about being comfortable. Scripture talks about being lukewarm in your faith. Scripture talks about uh, cowardice and how cowards won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Like, woo, that's some pretty deep stuff, right? And so if eternity really is real, and again, back to that rope analogy, if our life is a bristle, and you're a believer, the decisions you make with a prayer, like, God, our yes is on the table, and him opening doors, and you've been like, okay, I'll go through, even though it doesn't make sense, will ignite your trust in God, mm-hmm. will ignite your faith, and will really produce a very fulfilling life mm-hmm. uh, in our experience, right? Because the list goes on from there. I mean, God called us to give a massively generous gift to the church. Boom. Massive story behind that, right? God God called us to give that gift and then, uh, what was it, six months later, sell our really nice house in a weekend and move into the house we're in now because we're like, this, this is a house that's going to steward our community even more, our community group and all the people. Like, we're going to buy this house and take this financial risk when it doesn't make as much sense but we felt like we were supposed to and then we bought this house and i remember the 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 day that we had friends over who were who were helping us like prep the house and move and all the all the efforts that we had from people i was heading to lows with 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 justin one of our friends and i was like dude like don't look at me buying this house and be like oh wow dude you're balling i was like let me be honest with you i was like we said our yes is on the table and God put this house in front of us and I'm trusting him to bring in the sales and help me to make ends meet to be able to do this because I feel like he wants us to do this for our community. 
And here we sit over a year later, 13 months later, in this house, in a better financial spot than we have been our entire marriage. And we're stewarding community. And all these aggressive decisions that God has called us to do, we're just being obedient to every little thing, not because we're some superhuman, Mm -mm. but because God's calling us. And we're just, okay, okay, God, okay, okay. We'll we'll live with that eternal mindset. And he's he's just blessed us. Absolutely. Abundantly. Absolutely, and it's united our marriage. And I think that that's the takeaway for the listener who's like, yeah, but I don't understand how that's going to, you know, or I pray already. But, like, when you're praying together and you're praying for the same thing and you're facing these, um, what the world would call fears, I, I don't think we were ever truly fearful because we god has proven to be faithful to us and and show up for us but doing that together has totally totally grown our marriage and united us more than ever before and if you go all the way back to no clue what episode it is but we said we're down to nothing but still looking up which is kind of wild because in the time that we've had this podcast so much has happened in mm-hmm. our lives. And I think that's a testament to what we're saying right here though, is, you know, God called us to shut down a business and we did it. And he call, called us to start a podcast and we did it. And, and like all these things that have happened just even in this window of three years mm-hmm. is well, but even go back, our marriage was boring. Right. God called us to bring you home. Yep. Our marriage was boring. God. Well, so we had a kid that's a little less boring. Right, but then it it still was rocky. Then it was just hard. Then God calls us to bring you home from work, which we're like, whoa, that's our income. God calls me to then start a side business within what I'm doing. Boom, that stripped away from me. We have to make the decision: stay comfortable, or go and be aggressive and start this business. Right, but it, I'm telling you guys, all the doors were wide open for it. Well, yeah, it would have been so easy for you to just be like. Ugh. I just had I just had a kid. We right. just brought my wife home. I don't think I should give this corporate deal away, but at least I know right. I'll have a steady income. Right, right. And I I don't accept credit for those decisions. It's not like, oh man, you're just really aggressive. Good for you. You're a smart guy. I could never do that. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. It was prayer and God opened the door. Right? Mm-hmm. Prayer and God opened the door. And then yeah, like you said, you shut down a successful business. We come and do the podcast. How are we going to do a podcast with four kids? Or we have three th- at the time. Three kids, right? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Now we have a fourth kid. How are we going to keep doing this podcast? Podcast grows. We're not even trying to grow the podcast. We're just serving, 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 doing what, whatever we can. All of these aggressive decisions that God's putting in front of us, buy this house, Have boom, two more kids. <laughs> have, have two more kids, yeah. Give generously to the church. Get a new job. Get a, yeah, exactly. I have a new job, like all this stuff is happening. And um, I want to read this Nelson Mandela quote, which is really good. It said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. And again, not back to me, like not that I just triumphed over my fear because I'm the God of my life and I'm so amazing, but I trust God. And we laid those prayers at his feet, and we're just like, God, this t- why are you calling me to do this, man? Like, I'm I'm not the guy. Shoot, I ask that every day. I'm like, why? Yes. How am I going to do this? But I think that's yes. okay. That's good because that's the exact point. We're not supposed to. 
We're not supposed to do it on our own. We're not made to do all of this on our own. If we were, then everybody would be doing great right now. You know what I mean? The whole point is that we have a good God who has sent us a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, who will live in us and who will give us the peace, the comfort, the the motivation, or whatever it is that we need to be able to get through. Just like when people say, and I know I talk about this all the time, but people say it to me all the time, like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it with five kids. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you stay home. I don't know how you are ever put together, how you're working out, or how your kids are ever dressed and put together, yada, 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 how you homeschool. And I'm like, I don't. I don't do it. I rely very, very heavily on help from the Lord in prayer and in my word. And the days where I struggle the most are the days where I don't rely on him. And I try to do it in my own might. And I just jump up and I'm like, all right, God, I don't have time to get in the word today. I've got laundry and I've got cooking and we got to go somewhere. And those are always the days that I fail. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's super. (laughs) You're so right. You're so right. It is. It is hard. Some of you are listening to this and you're like, yeah, but you don't understand my life. Like, no. Absolutely. Like, no. I I literally rebuke that thought in your brain. It is unbelievable. I believe with everything in me. Whenever people ask my testimony, I'm like, dude, I don't really have much of a testimony other than I was a one foot in, one foot out Christian. God gave me victory over a pornography addiction. I just pleaded with him to take from me. And then I marry you and we are trying to follow God and we're, and we're stumbling through our marriage. And then we're like, okay, uncle, like if you're the God of my life, like I know there's not room for both of us. So you're the God of my life now, right? What aggressive decisions do you want me to make? You know, you look through the scriptures, you see every chosen person that he called, he pulled them from monotony. Mm-hmm. And he and he literally turned their lives upside down, turned their lives upside down. And so, as Christians, why, yeah. if if you are a Christian and you're and, and you're bored in your marriage, that should speak to you. Literally, that's such a good point because you start thinking about the marriages in the Bible and how unbored, mm-hmm. how unmonotonous they were. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of Elizabeth and how old she was whenever she, you know, like, oh, guess what? You're going to give birth to a baby. Like, what? That would rock your, rock your marriage mm-hmm. and rock your life. Cause she was, wasn't she like in her sixties? She was over a hundred, I think. Oh, a hundred. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's what I mean. Or think about Mary and Joseph and how their relationship was rocked and how um, non-boring it was. It's just the Bible is littered with stories that don't make sense. And that, that also spoke to me when 90 years old. 90 whenever we were making tough decisions or decisions that literally did not make sense now we're not saying be irresponsible we would not have made those decisions had we not had what we felt was affirmation from god speaking to both of us through you know scripture and prayer and stuff like that and so but but that's what drove me too was looking at the bible and being like none of this stuff made sense most of the stories in the bible like wait what you did what you know what i mean and so I don't know. I think that should be a comfort. Yeah, it 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 is a comfort, and and what scripturally it also talks about, and, and not th- not like we're going to care, but there are people who are going to make it to heaven who will get crowns for using their their gifts, right? And there are people who are going to make it to heaven who won't, right? Now 
those of us who use our gifts, I don't think we really care about the crown. It just so happens to be that, okay, cool. Yeah, great. But cool. I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> shoot, until we're all you know there I mean? and you see Jessica with a crown and you're like, shoot, why does she have so many jewels on right, her crown? What the she was rude. I, I, yeah. So, <laughs> just kidding. So, I don't even know look, Jessica. Or yeah, I do. I don't believe that. This is like, oh, people are damned to hell for not living somewhat of an aggressive life. I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, if we believe that God really did give us the gift of life, and this all didn't just come from a chaotic big boom that created order, which by the way, what chaotic big boom has ever created order? Just saying. Bombs don't create order, they create chaos. So if we really do believe in the God of the Bible and who he says he is, even though sometimes it doesn't meet our human sensibilities. Why are we not playing so unbelievably mm-hmm. big? It's so easy for us to put up a Facebook status and, you know, put up a Nelson Mandela quote like, oh, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's triumph over it. Okay. But what the freak did you just do about that? Mm-hmm. Like put up the quote all day. Say the thing. That's fine. If it, if it makes you feel better. But what are you doing? Like time is going to pass. I sit and I have conversations with people and I'm like, oh, cool. What do you do? Like, oh, I've been here. How long have you been there? Oh, I've been there. I've been there for 18 years. And I'm, I'm like waiting for the like, what'd you do in 18 years? Mm-hmm. Like, you better have moved up 20 positions. You better have started a side ministry or a side hobby of some sort or done something that made you feel you were, were going to puke every single day. Otherwise, you just wasted 18 years of your life. Well, it's just so easy to get locked into the day-to-day and think that that's what yeah. you're supposed to do or not even realize that that's going to accumulate to be what your life is. You know what I mean? Right. What you do every day, that is your life. And I think that's so hard for us. I think we constantly are living in this, in the future. Like, yeah, one day when I'm this and all these memories are going to come when I'm able to do this mm-hmm. or when I have this or when I get to this point. But it's like, right. you're yeah. making your I'll life save, right now. I'll save enough money where we feel comfortable so then we can go make big moves. Right. Or uh, then we will have kids. Stupid. Or then we, yes. That's, that's dumb. I mean. That's what, that's what we're taught. But right. again, and I know I've said this before, but then, you know, you just live your life and you work to retire and then you retire and you have this money and then you're too mm-hmm. old or too tired or too sick or too whatever to even do anything with it. And so your whole plan to live when you are retired is shot. It, yep. It's sad. It's sad. I rebuke it. We will not live like that. And we don't want you to live like that either. And yeah. that's that's why we're here. Yeah. So, so your board marriage, we believe, is a result of not playing big enough, of being fearful, of a sense of cowardice at, at, at some level, right? I'm afraid to make big moves. What if I fail, right? Well, guess what? All the people who've made big moves, all the people who've started businesses, all the people who've started the side hobby, side ministry, this, that, and the other, you don't think they sensed fear? You don't think they thought like, oh man, like this really could all implode. You don't think the guy who's making just enough money to meet his family's needs that justified a million times, I can't be irresponsible and make big moves, blah, 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 blah. But he did, and great things happened because he was trusting God. And he was like, God, is this what you want from me? I want to caution. It's easy to hear messages like this and get pumped up and be like, oh, man, you're right. I need to play bigger, blah, 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 blah. And then you get on YouTube and the algorithms hit you with like, make money fast and do this and do that. Sorry, you're going to hear kids in the back. 
make money fast and do this and do that and and you know invest in this or I'm a real estate agent all you have to do is 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 help with money and we have a whole team of people that are going to help help you make money and blah 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 it's way better than investments empty your 401k all this stuff. I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about that I am saying exactly what John said earlier you get alone in the quiet of your heart with your spouse fall to your knees, and you're like, God, our yes is on the table. Show us the next step. We don't have to see the whole picture, but show us the next step. Our yes is on the table. Show us the next step. It's not falling into the algorithms of the get-rich-quick do this thing, yada, yada, yada. Right. It We're is, definitely not encouraging you to go take a risk by prayer. gambling. <laughs> it is the prayer, and it is and it is being in right relationship with God, and it is learning more about the character of God, and it is being like, God, you give me, why am I still here? Why am I still here? Am I just here? Because you're like, oh, cool, you're just, you know, you're just a clump of cells that is walking around the earth, and I just want you to do everything you want to do. No. We, we say it all the time. What did we do recently? We pulled the car into the garage after a night of going out to dinner on a date night. Again, shout out to Allie, babysitter. You're the best, right? And we sat in the car for like five minutes and we were just like, what would our lives look like if we would have gone with our plan and not God's plan? Where would you be living? Who would you be married to? What would your life look like? What stress and sin and crazy things would be happening in your life? What? Where would I be? What state would I live in? I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have any kids. I'd probably be in California. I would probably be doing fitness, probably be like hitting Instagram really hard and doing the whole like brand thing and blah, 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 and doing all the things I thought I wanted to do. But then God totally, totally wrecked my life in a good way and was like, no, 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 this is my plan for you. Stay close to me. This is my plan for you. So if you're bored, chances are that's not God's plan. Right. Oh, that's good, babe. That's good. I just, I agree with you. That's good. I definitely, certainly if you would have told me where I would be, I would never in a million years have believed you. Nor do I think I would have even wanted it because I didn't yeah. know. You know what I mean? But, okay, so. Babies. That's your biggest takeaway that we want you to have. We want you to, if you are bored, if you are in a roommate season, if you just feel like you're in a slump in your marriage, this is our best advice for you. Pray and surrender your plans and your marriage and your parenting and everything to God. And our yes is on the and table. along with your spouse, say, hey, our yes is on the table. Because you, you might not even know. Maybe you do know. Maybe there's something on your heart that you wish you were doing or that you feel God calling you to do or that you and your spouse want to do. So maybe pray that and just ask for his And it's will. probably scary. And culture is going to be yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. But... Do it with your spouse. Tell him your yes is on the table and just watch the way he shows up and he puts things in your path and he and he ignites your faith. And, and it will be scary and it will be hard and you will question like, God, did you really say to do this? Because with every single one of these mm. things that we have said, I can remember specifically times of us sitting on the kitchen floor in tears like, is this really what God said or, or standing over top of the computer looking at, you know, that big generous gift and be like, God, did you really say to do this? Because as our account dwindles and dwindles and dwindles and dwindles or hitting my knees, 
daily being like, did you really call me to be a homeschooling mom to five kids, seven and under? Like, yes, 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 he did. And, but you can't do it without him. So that's number one. You can't do it without him. And he's not going to take you through it without suffering. Right. And he's not, oh, oh, and what do we always pray? We said, there's no, he's not going to show you every step and every bit of the way. The next step. That's what we constantly pray. Like, God, we don't need to see the whole picture. Although that would be nice. Just show us the next step. Please just show us the next step. And we'll be faithful because we did it before and we just lived our thing. And, you know, oh, you know, God, God, God calls me to make practical, practical decisions. And, you know, he's available and he's around, but I don't really need him on the day to day. Yep. That's a bad strategy. That's right. So that's number one. Number two, take action. Hold each other accountable. There's different things you can do. So yes, your yes is on the table. There's immediate, um, you might call them more practical things. I don't think they're necessarily more practical, but there's things you can do right now. You guys can can do those things like sign up for a hobby, sign up for a coaching program, take a look at your calendar and revamp it to make it more um more complimentary to your family and what your actual goals for each other are. You might be somebody who's just thinks you're too busy because you're going to this and that event and sport and volunteering every little thing. Maybe you guys need to revamp your calendar. Maybe that's aggressive. Vision. You need to revamp your vision right. as a family. Just be like, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go? And then we work backwards and we're like, how are we going to get there? Yeah. Is all the kids being in a different sport and zero margin in our life at all times and you working 70 hours a week and you working 40 hours a week and us seeing our kids an average of 15 hours a week every single week, is that is that trust in Jesus? Is that stewarding God's good gifts of family? And is that living with an eternal mindset? Right. That's good. And that and you guys have to answer that for you. And then I just want to give, we're, we're running out of time, but I do want to give one quick little story about friends of ours who have yeah. taken this and and made a big move and lived aggressively we have friends who once all this roe v wade stuff happened you know christians are coming under attack like what are you doing what are you doing you're only pro-life you know till birth yada yada you know and we have friends who prayed and said god our yes is on the table we feel like you want us to do something with this how can we help and guess what it's only been a few months they are now licensed foster parents waiting on the call to get their first baby. Yeah. That is aggressive. Shout out Ashley and Justin. Yes. That is aggressive. That is scary. That is something that not everybody can do. That is something that you certainly can't do without without trusting God to help you through it. And and they're yeah. doing it. Even and they're, they're gonna doubt themselves. Yes. Through these steps. And, and the first kid's probably gonna come and and, and they're and they're gonna doubt why why they were called to do this i'm sure of it yeah. because again god does not call us through meaningful things without suffering right like the old adage in culture is like nothing good happens without like nothing. what is it nothing worth having comes easy you which I mean? which we do know it's true yeah. like you don't just yeah. wake up one day and have a good marriage a good body good kids good <laughs> no all of that so yes no. i mean but it, it's biblical yeah and there's two, two different types of people. You're going to hear this and be like, woo, I'm motivated. Let's go. Let's figure it out, right? The other person is going to be fearful and very overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, but I have so many things to change right now. Like, there are so many things for me to live an aggressive life. That is why the answer is, in order to play bigger, you've got to go to God and say, I don't know what you have for me and my spouse, but our yes is on the table. You teed me up nicely for a passage that I wanted to kind of close us out in because I yeah. know... Good. That the person hearing this, like you said, even if they are motivated 
once you get down to it, scary. There's so many times I'm in a sermon or we go to a conference or something and I feel motivated. And then once you really start to try to move forward in that, it's like, ooh, I Yes, know, this commitment is, scary. is doing the thing you said you would do long after the feeling has left you. Right. So I would like to read um, Philippians 4 through 7 for you guys real fast. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Dude, unbelievable. Yes. I mean, that's fitting, right? It is. And it that's, is. That's the what your prayer can be. The peace that passes all understanding. Not in every moment. Not in every but moment. But the end goal of like, oh my gosh, I made the decision, but God, we know you called us to this. That peace does pass all understanding. Well, when we were in our hardest time, people would say, yes. how are you, how do you have peace right now? I would be freaking out. And we're like, it's not our peace. Yeah. It's not our peace. This was our prayer to not be anxious and to give it to God and to give thanks to him for those hard times. I think that's another key important to that. Give thanks to him for these opportunities in these hard times. And he, Oh, he will show up. Just ask him. He's not hiding. So good. Thanks so much for listening to the grow yourself, grow your marriage podcast. If this episode brought you value, please go ahead and share. And do not forget, you can text us at 513-449-1798. Thanks, guys.